0: Acts chapter 3, verse starting in verse 1. Now Peter, now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, which is around 3 p.m. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms, which is like, give me a little bit of money, I need some help. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, look on us. And he gave heed unto them, and expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. I can't hardly say that verse without singing that song. Have y'all heard that song? Most of y'all have heard that song? Silver and gold have I none. We were talking about this a while back, Sister Carrie. Y'all remember that? that, that y'all don't remember that song? Some, some of y'all are looking at me like frogs on a stump. <laughs> Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise. Up. I can't remember how to write. I can't sing it, but that's the song. We used to sing it in uh, vacation Bible school. But he says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered in with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Amen. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. What a wonderful story of the hearing, healing power of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I want to I I preach this morning, going back up to verse 2, I want to start out in verse 2 again this morning. I want to preach about This lame man, how he went from a beggar to a worshiper. He went from a beggar. Now notice this. I'm going to show you some things. We're going to talk about some things this morning that apply to this beggar, that applies to a lost man in receiving Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. There's great types in here, great wonderful types of a lost man coming to Jesus Christ and getting to know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. First thing you need to realize in verse 2 is a certain man, lame From his mother's womb. This man was born this way. This man had no choice. This man wasn't born and started running and then had some accident happen. Like uh, there's been different characters in the Bible like that. No, this man was born this way. And I'm here to tell you this morning, everybody's born as a sinner. Everybody's born as a sinner. And everybody like this man is helpless at birth. Everybody is helpless at birth. Everybody needs a Savior in their life. Everybody is a sinner. The Bible says in Psalms 51.5, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Romans 3.10 tells us, As it is written, There is none righteous, no, not one. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We were all born into the sin. We're all like this lame man, helpless, without Jesus Christ, with no hope. The second thing you need to realize about this man, it says he was a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, verse 2, was carried. He was not too proud to get some help. He was not too proud to ask for and to get some help. Somebody had to carry and they had to carry him, and they had to carry him down there to the temple. Now, he could have sat at the home, and they could have came and said, Hey, uh, you want us to carry you down? No, I don't need any of your help. I don't want none of your help. I, I, I'll, just, I'll, I'll stay here. I don't want none of your He could have been too proud to get help. But this man, even though he was lame from his mother's womb, even though he was a hopeless sinner, he wasn't too proud to get help. Don't let pride keep you from getting to heaven. And let me flip that around. Don't let pride send you to hell. Amen. Amen. Don't let pride send you to hell. He's willing to be carried. How much of a blessing would he have missed out on if if he had too much pride to let them carry down there? He would have never came to be healed by the name of Jesus Christ if he had too much pride. It says he was a certain man lame from his mother's womb, was carried, and whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. The third thing I'm going to talk about this morning is he was carried to the right place. (laughs) He was carried to the right place. If you're going to carry me anywhere, carry me to church. Amen. Amen. If you're going to carry me anywhere, carry me to church. Uh, This man could have been carried anywhere in the known world. They could have been carrying him anywhere. There's all kinds of places to be carried to. But he wanted to be carried down there to the temple, down there to where it's called the Gate of Beautiful. And I want to point out to you something about that. He was carried to the right place, and this right place is beautiful, with a capital B. You see that? At the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. Everything is beautiful that God does and works on. Everything is beautiful that God has a hand in. Everything is beautiful. It's beautiful to be around God's people. Amen. It's a beautiful thing to be around God's people. It's a beautiful thing to be around God's people worshiping God. It's a beautiful thing to be around God's creation. I love God's creation. And I I love to go out and look at God's creation. I'm just in awe of God's creatures and God's trees and God's birds and God's grass and God's plants and God's stars and God's clouds and God's mountains and God's uh, sunshine and God's everything about how God does this beautiful creation. It's beautiful to me. It's beautiful, and when somebody paints something beautiful, when they paint something beautiful, they're painting something that God's already did 10 times better. They're just trying to paint what God's already created. God's beautiful, man, and everything about God's beautiful. And you know what else is beautiful about God? God's love. God's love is so beautiful, man. It's so beautiful, and so is God's grace. God's love and God's grace. And when you're living in this world and you get around God's people and God's people worshiping God and get around the way God works and get close to God and you start appreciating God's beauty you find in his creation, it makes the rest of the world so ugly. And the world is full of ugliness. It's full of hate. It's full of people that are ugly. And, and, and you know what's amazing to me is that when you're around people that are godly, They tend to be beautiful people. It don't matter if you're 8 or 80. They dress beautiful. They have a beautiful look to them. They have a beautiful countenance. They might be ugly as a mud fence, but they're beautiful. Do you you understand what I'm saying? I've known some ugly Christians. (laughs) I really have. I mean, I've known some ugly, ugly Christians. But they're some of the most beautiful people. And, and when, what I've realized in looking at the world is when, when a person be a man, boy, you see it in teenagers, but a man, a woman, when they get away from God, when they start getting away from God and they start living a sinful life, that they start getting uglier and uglier. And what I mean by that is, they start living, and they start living, they start dressing uglier, and they start getting all these ugly tattoos all over them, and on their face, and all these piercings, and all these weird places, and just like you can just see it. You can almost look at somebody and say, they don't, they're not close to God. Amen. <laughs> Amen. You can, you can see it. They're, they don't have that beauty about them anymore. You know, uh, Dale, uh, I, a guy I worked with, Dale. He was talking about he grew up with these twin sisters. And he said, they both were very beautiful growing up. And he said, as they got older, one stayed in church. And one was a a godly woman that got married and and, and lived a Christian life. And the other one went to the bars. And she started living in the bars. And she didn't get married and was living a really wild life. He said, nowadays, he said, they're both 50 years old. And the one that's 50, he said, kicking the one that grew up in church and stayed in church. He said, even at 50 years old, he said, she's a knockout. She's so beautiful. And he said, but her other twin sister, the one that stayed in the bars, he goes, you can't even reckon, they don't, you don't even recognize her as sister with this other girl. She's so wrinkly and so ugly and so wore out and just, you could tell a difference. And this is a man that's not even a Christian that's looking at people and saying, you can see the lifestyle they lived, one's beautiful and one's not. Everything about God is beautiful. And that's why he was took down to a gate which is to the temple and to a gate which is called beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Without, look at look at the end of verse 2. To ask alms of them that entered into the temple. They took him to the right place. They took him to the right place, and without Jesus Christ, he couldn't enter the dwelling place of God. See. They took him down to the temple, and they put him outside the temple, but there other other people got to go in and be with God. But without Jesus Christ, without God, without getting to know God through Jesus Christ, he couldn't get into the temple. You must have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You're not going to get into the dwelling place of God. It's a simple truth. It says about this gate, like you're standing out the gate. It says in Revelation 22, it said, Blessed are they that do His commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. With Jesus Christ, you've got the password to get into the gates of the city, that beautiful city up in heaven. We know what that Bible continues to say. The Bible says in the very next verse, For without, outside of the gate... Are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. Without Jesus Christ, you're outside of the gate. With Jesus Christ, you're inside the gate. This man had had, did not know Jesus Christ, but he knew where to go because he saw the beautiful thing that he saw the beauty in God's people. He saw that. He saw the beauty in God's people. Let's look at uh, verse 3 who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us, verse 5, And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. The next thing I want to point out is, he's a spiritual beggar expecting something from Christians. He's a spiritual beggar. And he's expecting something from Christians. As Peter and John went by, they had a look about them. Peter and John had a look about them like they were rich. They had a beauty about them like they were carrying themselves like they were children of a king. When they walked by, you said, now there's somebody important. And you're about to find out, and we already read it, they don't even have any silver or gold. But if you don't have any silver or gold and you look, you walk like you're a king, and you walk like you're a child of a king, and you walk like you belong to royalty, how is that possible? Jesus Christ. Amen. It's Jesus Christ. I want to point out to you that the richest man without Jesus Christ is still a spiritual beggar. There was an old preacher back in the old days. He was preaching out at his church, and Thomas Jefferson, that shows you how long ago that was. Thomas Jefferson, the president of the United States, came and sat at the back of the church, and he sat at the back, and everybody in the church was making a big stir. Oh, that's Thomas Jefferson just came in, Thomas Jefferson. And the preacher's up there, and the preacher, without hesitation, said, Without Jesus Christ, Thomas Jefferson's going to hell. Amen. It was like about like that. Nobody said nothing. It just got really quiet. You don't talk to presidents that way. But in the spiritual sense, everybody's on the same level. Spiritually, everybody's on. I don't care if you're a billionaire. If you're the richest man in the world, if you don't have Jesus Christ, you're a spiritual beggar. But let me flip it again. Let me flip the coin again. But if you're the poorest man, the poorest woman in the world, you got the poorest health. If you got the poorest finances, if you have Jesus Christ, you're the richest person spiritually. Spiritually. And I'd rather be rich spiritually than rich physically. Ah, Yeah, amen, amen, amen. I've seen it, man. I've seen people living that. I've seen the miserable people living with all the wealth in the world, strangling themselves, committing suicide, doing all these different things that they do because life's not worth living because they don't have that spiritual richness that you have in Jesus Christ. Man, we forget how good we have it. We kind of come in here on a Sunday and it's been raining and it's kind of dreary outside and we've had a long week and we're kind of wore out and you're like, oh, yeah, let's go to church again and let's, let's sit down and, you know, let's just sing little songs and our heart's not in it because we're forgetting how, we're spoilt brats. We're sport rich and we're spoilt spiritually and we do not realize how good we have it, spiritually. No matter what happens to me tonight, if I die of a heart attack tonight, I know I've got Jesus Christ. I'm going to wind up in heaven. I'm, I'm happy. You don't worry about Brother Kigan. You know, if y'all go to any funeral I preach, almost every funeral I preach, I, get, I tell the testimony of Dwight L. Moody. Dwight L. Moody said, there's going to come a time. You're going to read in the paper that Dwight L. Moody is dead. Don't believe a word of it. <laughs> don't believe a word of it because at that time I'll be more alive than I ever was. Hey, man, we got Jesus Christ. And listen to me. He's a spiritual beggar expecting something from Christians. People expect things from Christians, and Christians should deliver. Man, people expect stuff from you, and you better deliver. And I mean that, man. I mean, we are special in Jesus Christ. And I'm not any better than anybody else. I'll be the first to tell you I'm sorry, no good. But, man, I'm a Christian, I've got responsibilities. Amen. The Bible says you're an ambassador for Christ. An ambassador doesn't show up with one shirt, the shirt's sticking out like this, and one, the one side of it's over here, and one side's over here, and his hair's not combed, and he hadn't took a bath. That's not what a spiritual ambassador does. An ambassador shows up, and he's dressed up, he looks nice. People expect things from Christians. They expect us to live a holy life. They expect us to live a holy life. Guys, that's one one of the reasons I really believe in my heart people don't want to become a Christian. It's because they don't want people to expect them to start living better. They don't want somebody looking at them saying, I thought you were a Christian. They don't want them saying, what are you doing out here at the bar? You're not supposed to be here. I thought you went to church. (laughs) they don't like that and Christians don't like it but you're expected to live a holy life you know when you become a Christian you're expected to start doing the right things yes you are you're expected to start talking a certain way walking a certain way conducting yourself in a certain way people expect something out of you Christian and you better deliver and you got the power through the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit to deliver Amen. God didn't leave you out here blind with not any hope or any help. The Lord God, when you become a born-again Christian, the Lord God gave you the power to deliver what you need to do for Him. But well, the problem is, is we cut that Holy Spirit off. We don't let Him deliver through us. Because we want to live out in the world. They expect us to live a holy life. They expect us to help in time of need. Man, anytime there's any kind of crisis in somebody's life, the churches are the first ones to get the door knocked on. The churches are the first ones to get the call. Oh, so-and-so needs help. Will you, will you please? Get, we need some money. We need this, that, and another. And that's what we're here for, amen? amen. I'm not complaining about it, but do you notice that they're calling us first? Amen. They're not calling down there to the honky-tonks and to the bars and the stuff where you come and will you do. No, they call the churches. They expect the, they expect the churches to help. And I've actually had somebody who's not who's lost going to hell tell me, "Well, I called that church and they wouldn't help us out. They're a bunch of sorry hypocrites." I didn't say nothing, but I wanted so bad to say, "What what do you expect? They don't even know you. You had never been to church. They don't know anything about you. But you show up and you want them to help you. And if they don't, then they're hypocrites." If you called down to the bar, would you say the same thing about them that the owner of the bar told you he wasn't going to help you out? I doubt it. Because you expect him not to help you out. Hey, we're expected to act a certain way. We need to be acting a certain way. And I'm proud to be part of a church. I'm proud to be part of the family of God. I like it that we help people out. I like it that most of the hospitals in America were started by Christian organizations. I like that. I like that most of the Salvation Army, Red Cross, Red Cross most of these organizations that are charitable they were started by Christians and they were run by Christians. I'm proud of that. I'm not ashamed of that at all. But we as Christians, we're expected to act that way. And we ha- they have a right to expect that is what I'm saying. They have a right to. Because they know that the love and the grace that God has given us, we should be given to other people. They see it. And we have the, they should expect from us, and they should get an uh, expectation of we should give them the truth of spiritual matters. Give them the truth of spiritual matters. In other words, when somebody comes along, you have a chance, you need to give them the truth of Jesus Christ. Look at verse 6. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. <laughs> hey. I want to point out here that salvation is better than money. Amen. Amen. Salvation is better than money. Silver and gold have I none. And salvation is better than money. I wouldn't trade my salvation for all the gold in the world. If the devil showed up to me and said, okay, Keegan, I can make you a billionaire. And you can have all the money. You, can, you couldn't spend all the money I'm going to give you, Keegan. But the only catch is, is that you've got to deny Jesus Christ. You're not going to get to go to heaven. You can keep all that money. Amen. Now, if I was 21 years old, I don't know if I'd be able to take that temptation because when you're a young man, you think it's all about money. But when you get older and you start realizing it and you're seeing it, you're like, no, I, I, it's not about money. It's about relationships. And the most important relationship in my life is my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and my family. It's about my church family. It's about Jesus Christ. If I had to deny them, not, not counting my own personal family and my wife and my son and my kids, no, you can keep all the money. Salvation is the most important thing, and salvation is better than money. He could have gave that man laying there lame and crippled. He could have said, hey, I'm going to give you a thousand pieces of gold, and there's a lame man without a thousand, with a thousand pieces. He would have smiled. He would have he, he got happy. But he would have blown it. And, you could, and Peter and John would have come back, back by maybe a month later and they would have seen the same man land there and said, didn't I give you a thousand pieces of gold? Uh, I, 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 I blew it. I wasted it. But what Peter and John are about to give this man is going to make him leap and jump and praise God. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what salvation will do. That's why Some of y'all have gotten rich. In my mind, some of y'all, not me and you, Raymond, but some of y'all are wealthy. Some of y'all are wealthy. Some of y'all are wealthy. But that doesn't make you a better person. It doesn't make you any happier. It was Jesus Christ that makes you happy. It's Jesus Christ. Amen, 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 amen. Verse 6, then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but what do you but but such I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth? Rise up and walk. I want to point out here that any Christian can tell others about Jesus Christ with just a few words. Hey, in the name of Jesus Christ, walk. In the name of Jesus Christ you can be saved. See, same same chapter, look down at verse 16. Later, later on, Peter's asked, about, Peter's asked about healing this guy, and listen to what Peter said. In his name, the name of Jesus, in his name, the name of Jesus, through faith in his name, faith in Jesus Christ, hath made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. See, just a few words, he's preaching Jesus Christ. So turn to the next page to chapter 4, verse 10. Turn to the next page to chapter 4, verse 10. Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him, doth this man stand here before you whole. Simple words. Not very many words, but he's preaching Jesus Christ. Guys, anybody in the sound of my voice that's a Christian can tell somebody else about Jesus Christ in just a few words. It don't take much. And if they don't like it or if they don't appreciate it or if they don't want to hear it from you or if, they don't want to, or if they want to argue with you, don't argue with them. Okay, that's fine. It's a free country. Live like you want to live. I'm just telling you why I have great joy and peace. But you can tell them verse 12. Look at verse 12, chapter 4, verse 12. You can tell them this. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Amen. Amen. That's easy. You can memorize that verse. Yeah. Well, yeah, go go on to Buddha, Muhammad. I don't I mean go on to the Christian Scientology. I don't care what you do, but I can tell you this much. There's only one name under heaven you're going to get saved by. It's Jesus Christ. Amen. Man, say it like that. Have some authority. Because you got the authority, right? See, you're an ambassador for Jesus Christ. As an ambassador for Jesus Christ, you're a diplomat telling them what your a country far away named Heaven. What, you need to, what they need to do to get in there. We have no relations with you unless you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You need to know Him. Then you can come into the kingdom. Man, it's beautiful over there. Streets of gold, grace, love, mercy. Oh, yeah, it's all there. But it's all in the name of Jesus Christ. See, that's how you do it. Back in chapter 3. Back in chapter, chapter 3. Any Christian can tell others about Jesus Christ with a few words. Chapter 3, verse 7, Acts chapter 3, verse 7, and he took him, Peter Peter took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Salvation is immediate. Salvation is immediate. There's no process. There's no confirmation. There's no, well, I guess I better work my way into this with Jesus Christ, when you receive Jesus Christ, it is immediate. It's immediate. Now, there's a process of growing in Jesus Christ. There's a process of getting to know Jesus Christ. And I really believe in when a discipleship which is what uh, like a Lutheran or some other denominations would call confirmation where you, you, you disciple somebody. You teach them what the Bible says about different doctrines. I really believe in discipleship, but we're not talking about discipleship. Discipleship's after salvation. I'm talking about salvation. I'm talking about you need to be healed. I'm talking about you're a lame man going to hell. You need somebody to save you. I'm talking about calling out to Jesus Christ. He'll save you right then. It's immediate. You you don't have to be in church. You don't have to be under a preacher. You can be at the bar. You can be down at Walmart. You can be at home in your bed. It's immediate. But you got to do it with your heart and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It's not a process or a work. It's an immediate. You're healed. Spiritually. His feet and ankle bones received strength. Man, I'd like to have seen that. I'd like to have seen that. I've seen some people on TV doing some stuff that I think looks fake to me. I'd love for somebody who said, yeah, this man's been like this from birth. To Come up there and just pick him up and then just, I want to see that. That's Jesus Christ, though. Amen. That's the power of Jesus Christ. That's how Jesus Christ works. Look at verse 8. And he, leaping up, stood and walked. Stood and walked. Next thing you need to know about a new believer is, every new believer must first stand in faith, then walk in spirit. It said he stood and he walked. You must stand in faith and then walk in spirit. Every new believer must stand in faith and then walk in spirit. Paul says, watch ye, 1 Corinthians 16, 13, Paul says, Watch ye, stand fast in the the faith. Quit ye like men, be strong. He says, act like a man and be strong. Stand fast in the faith. Every Christian should stand fast in their faith. You've got Jesus Christ. It's not going to be taken away from you. Stand fast with that. Stand up. Stand up and be a Christian. This is, goes back to what I was just preaching. People expect stuff out of you, and they expect Christians to act a certain way, and they should, and you should. Amen. <laughs> they should expect it, and you should act that way. Stop messing around. Act like men. Quit ye like men. Act like a man. Stand up. Be strong. Be a Christian. Live it. Stop talking about it. Let's make, people, let's make people want to be Christians. You know why so many people, we have such a trouble being, getting people to re- receive Jesus Christ because they don't want to act like us. If you'll act like a man, act like a Christian, you'll, you'll ha- draw people to you. And I see some of the way y'all act and some of the, way y'all are, some of the things y'all are doing. Y'all are acting like Christians. Y'all are, rece- y'all are making people say, I want to be like him. I want to be like her. I want to, I want to act like them. That's what I want to be like. And that's how we should, we should carry ourselves. So people say, if that's what Christianity is, that's what I want to be. Because you know what? As this world gets more wicked and more wicked, we're going to be that much more of a light and lot that much more different if we're living like we're supposed to live as Christians. Yes, every believer should first stand in faith and then walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit lead you let the Holy Spirit guide you. Verse 8, and He leaping up, stood and walked and entered in with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. I love that. Woo! I'd like to have seen that. Some guy, I know he's about 40 years old, he's standing there, lame from birth, you've never seen him move and then Peter just reaches down and said, In the name of Jesus! And you see him just jump up. Woo! And start leaping and praising God. Yeah. What a church service. What a church service. You know why sometimes we get stirred up in here? Because a lot of us were lame and God healed us. And I mean spiritually too. And we get excited. i tell you what, when Sister, uh, sister Alice the other day, when she had that bad wreck, and the angel, I felt like angels protected you, sister. And we came up here on that Sunday service, man, I was ready to praise God. Man, I was ready to preach about angels. I was ready to praise Jesus Christ. I was excited. I was, I was. You can ask my wife. I was stirred up, man. I was like a dog's ready to get out out of the fence, man. I was just running the fence like, let me go, let me go, let's go, let's go. I don't, you know, I wanted to preach. I wanted to praise God. I wanted to stand up and sing loud and give. I wanted to leap and praise God. We have something to be happy about as Christians, and we forget that sometimes. Salvation brings joy. Salvation brings joy. Amen. You've never seen or felt anything like when you lead somebody to Jesus Christ and the joy they have. You can sometimes, sometimes you can just see it. I mean, they literally, they'll have tears of joy as that, that weight's been lifted off, that, that dark cloud's been lifted off, and they, they, they feel that joy. They feel the Holy Spirit and the love of God just rush into their heart and tell them he loves them. Oh, man. Boy, I let that young girl, she's about 13, 14 years old, she got saved that time, and she stood up and she whispered to me, she said, it just feels so good. Woo. Yeah. Boy, old hair stood up on the back of my neck. I was like, yeah, sister, it just feels good, doesn't it? You kind of forget that, see. You spoil it, and we're rotten. We, 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 we're, living it so, we're living in such a good life, we forget what it's like when it was on the other side. We forget what it's like to start leaping up and praising God for things. Amen. Salvation brings joy. It brings a beggar to a worshiper. And this goes It's a full circle of what I was talking about at the very beginning of this sermon. This make, God can make a beggar a worshiper. Amen. And that's what he's made this man. He's made him a worshiper. Every new believer should be in church praising God. Amen. I believe that with all my heart. Every new believer should be in church praising God. Verse 9, and all the people saw him walking and praising God. See, that's just a real simple verse, isn't it? And you're reading through your, maybe you're doing your Bible read, daily Bible reading, and you read through that, and you just pass right through verse 9. You don't think nothing of it, but let me tell you something. He was doing that, he was making a fool of himself. He was making a fool of himself, but he did not care. Look, and all the people saw him walking and praising God. Every new believer should have a public testimony of Jesus Christ. You should not be ashamed of your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You should not be ashamed to tell people, I'm going to church or I went to church or I was reading my Bible or I was praying to the Lord. Or You shouldn't be ashamed to be in public and bow your head and and bless your food. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Every believer should have a personal testimony about Jesus Christ. That's why I put such an importance about making a public call for salvation here at this church when you come down the aisle. I, make it pu- I want you to be public. I want you to be like the lame man. I want you to come down, make it public, and say, I'm receiving Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I'm going to leap, and I'm going to praise, and I don't care who's watching me. <laughs> yeah, I don't care who's watching me. I'm making a fool for myself, but I'm making a fool for myself for Jesus Christ. Yeah, I've made a fool for myself. I've been drunk around my friends. They've seen me doing stupid things. i made a fool of myself. But now that I have Jesus Christ, I'm going to make a fool of myself for Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah, those are some of the best people to get saved. Those crazy nut jobs, man, they just do crazy stuff. But, man, when they get saved for Jesus Christ, then they start doing crazy stuff for Jesus Christ. Like Brother Eubanks. Brother Eubanks, crazy nut job, man. He was doing all this crazy stuff before he met Jesus Christ. Then he got saved. You know what he did? He got in a plane and flew over the Vatican and threw out a a whole uh, 300,000 tracks over the Vatican in Rome out of a plane. Learned to fly just so he could do that. That guy is crazy for Jesus Christ. I mean, and then the, then the jets get called out and the jets come around and he has to go and fly and they arrest him and he knows he's going to be thrown in jail for the rest of his life and they came in and by some technicality, they released him when they shouldn't have released him. Him and his wife. Him and his wife got a taxi and they drove straight to the airport, got, got a ticket for the, any place in America they could go as quick as they could go and boom, they were out of the country. Never went back. He hasn't stopped being crazy though. But see, that's what I'm saying. Is when Jesus Christ gets a hold of you, man, you start doing some crazy stuff sometimes. But I love it. I'll show you one more and we'll close. Let me show you one more. Verse 10, And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. Yes. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at, the, at that which had happened unto him. I want your family to feel that way. I want my family, my my sisters, brothers. I don't have any brothers, but my sisters, my family, my cousins, my uncles. I want them to look at me and go, that's Keegan? I had a friend uh, that I grew up with. When he found out I was a preacher, the first thing he said is, with a mouth like that? Because he knew that every other word came out of my mouth was the F word. And that wasn't fun, the word fun. I was vile, man. And those words come out of my mouth. The old man comes up and I have to be really, really careful. Man, but I want my, and they do, they like, Keegan? Really? That's how I want them to look at y'all. Amen. They were down there on the corner holding up a street sign for, with, with scripture on it? I want, you, know how, you know how people think you're stupid doing that? Right? They think you're stupid. But I think they're stupid when I drive by, and they're out there trying to raise money for baseball, and they're out there holding up a sign. Going like that. Car, free car wash free car wash you know we're going to state we're going to state and we see them in Brownwood all, every, every weekend almost every weekend they're out there some signs out there but you get out there with just a sign that's, that has scripture on it and they'll drive out what a what a fool he's, what, he's crazy somebody's going to get judged <laughs> somebody's going to get judged amen and I hope it's not me I hope it's not me. I'm just trying to do what the Lord wants me to do. I hope. Verse 11 in closing. Verse 11 in closing. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto him in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. I don't mean to get emotional. Every Every new believer should stay in church and make Christian friends. Here's a lame man that had nothing. He's so poor, he's standing at the gate begging. Now, thanks to Jesus Christ, he's got friends. He can hold on to. It says that he held Peter and John and they were letting him hold him. Amen. Don't you know he was... Holding them really tight. Man, I love you. I love you. Oh, thank you, man. It's so good. Man, there's nothing better than having good Christian friends. I tell you, I've been through some storms in my life. And I'm not saying that they weren't some of my own fault. But man, there's nothing like having Christian friends to go through those storms with. And if you're a believer in Jesus Christ and you're not in church, man, you're missing out. And I'm not talking about this church. I'm talking about any church. Just get into church. Get around other Christians. Get get, get around some people you can hold on to. And as the lame man which was healed, held Peter and John. All the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. What a beautiful thing it is to serve our Lord and Jesus Christ around other believers in Jesus Christ. I I look forward to Sundays. I look forward to Wednesdays. I look forward to being around my brothers and sisters in Christ. And I love every one of y'all. And you know what? I can tell y'all love me. Y'all put up with me? And I tell you, that's the best thing about being a Christian is the family that we have. Jesus Christ said, you'll know them by the love they have one for another. And I know that I'm around a Christian church because of the love I see in this church. Y'all put up with each other. This, you know, there's just so much love in here, and I, I thank y'all for the love, and I can feel God's love in this church. And it makes me feel like that lame man. It's like, man, I just, sometimes I just want to hug y'all. I just want to hold on to y'all. I don't want y'all to leave because this is my family. And I don't know, I'm like that lame man. I'm just a beggar. I don't deserve it. But that's why I worship him because he's been so good to me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your love and grace. Father, I just uh, pray for these people, Father, as your Holy Spirit moves on our heart, Father, that we'll realize how good we have it. Lord, that you've spoiled us. You've blessed us. You've just showered us with blessings, Lord, and we take it for granted. and Sometimes we forget, Father, that where we came from and where we could be without you, Lord. Father, I want to thank you, Father, that as I lay lame, at the gate, Lord God, you sent somebody by my way to tell me about Jesus Christ. And I thank you for that man that did, Lord. I thank you for the man that had the guts to tell me about Jesus Christ, Father. And Lord, I'm just praying, Father, that there's somebody that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior that's underneath the sound of my voice, Father, that you'll send your Holy Spirit their way, Lord, and they'll they'll realize that they're going to hell. But that you've given them a way out, Lord, and that you love them. And that your grace is beautiful. And that your love is beautiful. That it can be a part of a beautiful church. And we thank you for the beauty of your holiness, Father. In Jesus Christ's holy name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hello friends, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at indiangapbaptist.com. On the internet, it's indiangapbaptist.com. But I have a question for you.